Hey everybody, you're listening to the Marijuana Solution and this is Robert Roundtree. Today we're speaking with Karen Sieb Goldstein, who is the Executive Director of Normal Florida and she is also with Regulate Florida and has her hands in every angle of trying to get this plant legal for us. Uh, How are you doing today, Karen? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing really good. You know, it's Saturday, don't have anything planned and... I'm just kind of sitting around the house, so it's pretty good for me. Um, Normal, it's the National Organization for the Reformation of Marijuana Laws. Sort of. It's the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Okay, Reform of Marijuana Laws. So I'm glad that you let me know that because I always say it the other way. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you, for the people that are listening that have never heard of normal and um, I wanted to bring this up because I get asked the questions a lot. Could you just give like maybe in a couple minutes from, you know, back in the original days when it got its foothold all the way to what it is now and what exactly it does? Uh, Normal was formed in 1970. Uh, The founder of normal is a gentleman named Keith Stroop. Some of you or Strop, um, some of you may have heard of him or heard his name, seen him on Facebook. He's still active in normal. And um, as I said, was the original was one of the original founders of the organization. So uh, since 1970, um, we have helped move public opinion quite a bit. That's been our goal is to um, change the perception of marijuana of the plant. So that we take the reefer madness and the fear out of it that a lot of people have grown up being indoctrinated with. You know, they, they've, they've been taught that it's the devil's weed and it makes you do crazy stuff. And we need to educate people to the truth of this plant. And that's what normal does. In the time that you've been involved with normal to now, how big of a difference do you see with um, the stigma and public perception, how it's changing? The public perception has almost done a 180, if you ask me. Um, I like to say that there's always been whispers about marijuana, but now it's a conversation and it gets louder every day. Um, I think people are much more willing to talk about it in the open People are not afraid to advocate for change. In 1970, Normal was more the, was the only group willing to stand up for our rights. We were the only ones who were willing to um, put ourselves out there as consumers of marijuana publicly. In fact, when we started our chapter in 2009, we were advised that we had to find five people willing to be members of our board who were willing to stand up and say, I smoke pot. And and how hard was that back then? Um, In 2009, it was not, was not hard for me to find four friends, (laughs) but um, you know, um, there were not that many people who were willing to stand up, but it, you know, it was, it was starting to change already. In 1996, California had, had legalized medical, and um, other states I'm, were I'm moving sorry, forward. I'm sorry, let me just interrupt you. Norm, did normal play a pretty significant role in California? I, I 
can't speak firsthand to that, but I would, I'd be pretty sure that they did. Okay. Yeah, I know the people that I've talked to um, always have great things to say about it. I know normal's usually right there on the front lines, every state across the country. And California normal and Orange County normal and the a lot of the normal chapters in California are very active. So I would have to, and they've been around a long time, I'd have to assume that they were actively involved in helping that change to come about. And um, since you brought up the chapters, can you kind of explain um, how normal operates as, as an organization? Because people, you know, there's a lot of different normal chapters, even within Florida. So the national organization um, is normal, normal.org. And each state has chapters. I believe there are chapters in nearly every state uh, and in several countries. Uh, the way it works is there are state chapters, there are regional chapters, there are sub-chapters, there are college chapters. Um, we are the state chapter of Florida. We have four other regional chapters, and we have at least one for sure, um, possibly two or even three active college chapters. The, it's hard to know for sure about the college chapters because from one semester to the next, the boards of the college chapters change, students graduate, um, the next group of students coming up aren't always ready to step up. So, so the college chapters kind of wax and wane. The chapter at the University of Central Florida, I believe, is the longest-running college chapter consistently in Florida. Uh, they're very active. They're, they make sure their new board is in place before <clears throat> they make sure their new board is in place before their current board graduates. So. Um, they're, they're, they're a good and consistent chapter. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about them, um, more so now that I move to the Orlando area, which is where UCF is. Right. Yeah, they're, they're really, really active. I was just up there uh, maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and, uh, you know, I speak to the students. So I go up at least once a year and speak to the students in that chapter. In fact, our, uh, our state chapter donated money to them so they could replace their banner which was kind of ratty looking. And um, they had their new banner ready when I got there this time, which was nice to see. Excellent. Yeah. And um, they're, they're, they're good kids. They, they get out and do it. You know, we, when we were talking about civil citation laws, uh, some of them went to the commission meetings, and I think they're in Orange County. Mm -hmm. um, and they spoke before their commission meetings about civil citation for that area. And... Um, they attended the meetings on the potential ban for the, of dispensaries. They, they do what they need to do. They are collecting petitions for us for Regulate Florida. That's um, excellent. They, every time I go up there, they give us a big stack of signed petitions. They actively are petitioning for us. That's really important. Um, so that brings me to my next question. What is it that Normal Florida is doing right now and can you explain the legalization movement that 
Normal Florida is backing, which you just kind of reference and regulate Florida? So Normal Florida is actively involved with the petition process to regulate marijuana like alcohol in Florida. We were very uh, involved with getting Amendment 2 on the ballot. Uh, you know, Normal is the name that people know. So when someone would reach out and ask me or us if we would like to uh, attend a seminar or speak at a at a concert or, you know, do something publicly uh, during the campaign for Amendment 2, I would always suggest someone from United for Care. Um, I was invited to actually speak at a comedy show in Daytona and um, got one of the spokespeople from United for Care. That's the organization that was instrumental in getting Amendment 2 on the ballot. Um to accompany me and speak with me at that comedy event. Um, one of the radio stations reached out to me. to They were going to do a PSA for us. And I, again, brought United for Care along, and we ended up doing a 30-minute interview on a Sunday morning for the radio show just before the election. So Normal is the name that people know. Normal is the name that people reach out to. And um, because of that, we are able to... Uh, promote this petition for Regulate Florida, of which I am the vice chairman, um, to, as I said, regulate marijuana like alcohol in Florida. It's um, We don't like to refer to it as recreational. We refer to it as regulated adult use. It gives a different connotation, and we are stressing the regulated part. We know that in Florida it would be very difficult if not impossible, to pass something that just says, okay, go for it. You know, the government is not going to say, okay, this plant is legal, do what you want with it. Absolutely not. It's going on right now. There's going to have to be regulations. There's going to have to be age restrictions. There's going to have to be, um, you know, uh, people say to me, why, it's just a plant, why should it be regulated? Well, you know, the water that comes out of your tap is regulated. Even the air we breathe, you know, there are regulations as to what you can do to the air, you know, what what your factory can belch out, what your car can emit. So everything has regulation. And so Normal of Florida supports the petition at Regulate Florida because the regulations are very consumer friendly. At the same time, they're business friendly. They make a lot of sense. And they provide a workable framework for the legislature. We, we know that if we leave a legislature to their own devices, the regulations that they're going to create are probably not going to be ones that we like. Absolutely not. I mean, that's what we've seen since um, United for Care got Amendment 2 on the ballot and it passed the second time. Uh, we're still fighting to get things that... A lot of people thought were pretty clearly defined in that amendment, such as, you know, all parts of the plant. Absolutely. The the definition in the Florida Constitution is totally being overlooked by the legislature. They just created a whole new definition without making it official. And um, that's what we have to go by. So Regulate Florida has been pretty specific. We spell it out. We... We require that if a city or a county or municipality wants to completely ban uh, 
sale marijuana stores, they can do it, but only with a vote of their citizens. The legislature or their their city commission or their county commission cannot do it unilaterally. So 71.3% of Floridians voted for medical marijuana, and these city commissioners have decided that, okay, the rest of the state can have it, but my city can't. And that's wrong. And our petition avoids that pitfall, among others. Yeah, that's that's really important to recognize the rights of the citizens to hold the power over these councils and committees. You know, at the local level, a lot of times citizens don't have that power over much of any issue unless, you know, they get a grassroots movement to um, collect enough signatures to get something on their on their ballot. Now, what other protections are there in there for the bill, or not the bill, but the amendment that Regulate Florida has? Um, I know that there's, like, patients or, you know, just adults would be able to cultivate six plants at home. Um, Are are there protections in there for the businesses and the entrepreneurs? Uh, What would be the difference in the market, I guess, is my real question, from now to what if, if Regulate Florida passed? Um, well, first of all, let me clarify that. It's six mature flowering plants per adult in the household. So there's no limit on the non-flowering plants. There are a lot of people who like to use this plant. They like to juice it or eat it or cook with it or, you know, in its um, in the stage, the vegetative stage before it flowers when it is not Um, not psychoactive and they're getting the benefits to their endocannabinoid system from the plant. Um, So there's no limit on those plants. And um, the six uh, flowering mature plants per adult in the household should need to be grown either indoors or in a locked greenhouse. So they can be grown, you know, uh, I can't say it's outdoors because it's in a greenhouse, but you're not restricted to just growing, you know, in a closet or in your basement if you have one. So um, the protections that are built in are similar to um, other um, amendments or laws that have been passed. It has a date certain for um, licensing. It has a date certain for when... um, um, grows, you know, when, when people or businesses can start their grows, um, they, um, our, our petition, frankly, I'll, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of detail in it, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not, a, I'm more of a big picture person, so some of these details are not okay. ne- necessarily on the tip of my tongue, but, um, Well, then, big picture, I'll ask you a big picture question then. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. 
This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Um, right now, there's a handful of people allowed to do business in Florida. What would passing this amendment mean for opportunities for businesses? Would it would it go up substantially? Would it kind of remain the same, really restricted? It would absolutely go up. We they there are no limits to the number of growers. There are no limits to the number of retail stores. The only way those can be limited is, as I said, by the city or county commission taking a vote of the people. And it has to be, by the way, during a regular election. It can't just it just can't be, okay, we're gonna sneak this vote in at our next commission meeting and you're not gonna know about it and this is what we're gonna do. You know, it's not like that. It has to be at a regular election. So um, the city or county or municipality can enact ordinances, but nothing in conflict with this um, amendment. Yeah, that kind of sounds what, from looking on social media, that everyone would want um, is more opportunity. And knowing that that opportunity is fairly well protected, because like you said, with 71.3% of the people passing Amendment 2, and the latest polls I saw, it's like 80% would pass an adult use regulated petition. Absolutely. Um, It's highly unlikely that during any election year, any restrictions would end up coming in place. Um, Because you kind of highlighted on how corrupt politicians can kind of get whatever they want done by holding these votes at really odd hours or times and not tell anyone. So only their cronies show up. Right. Well, they'll, they'll place it on the, on the public agenda, but how many people in a city actually look at their commission's agenda before the meeting or how many people in, in cities even know when their commissions meet? Oh, or even better, they'll put two times out on two different pages. They, they did that in Tampa um, in Jacksonville, they actually showed up in Jacksonville Beach when they were talking about the dispensary ban recently. They held the vote of the commissioners at the beginning of the meeting. And were it not for the advocates there, it would have probably got passed. But the advocates were like, whoa, 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 y'all aren't even like we need to speak. We're here to, you know, provide input. And Right, right. Well, that, the morning that they said that it would start at a certain time. 
And then in the fine print, it said, well, actually, it's going to start after the meeting, before it, but, and we don't know how long that meeting's going to be. So it was just like a random thing whenever that meeting was going to start or that, that issue was going to be addressed. Yeah, and politicians use um, tactics like that for cover for doing things that they know are going to have a bad um, kind of blowback. Right. You know, there, there's a lot of special interests involved here. There's a lot of people trying to keep their own um, livelihoods protected, their businesses, that their ancillary businesses that might be in conflict with this. For instance, someone who's highly um, involved in the medical field may not like too many dispensaries around because they don't want people to be able to take care of their own health. And those special interests, you know, are the ones that are, they have, they're controlling what we get to do and see. And that, that's a big problem. We, we, we supposedly have a sunshine law, but it doesn't really seem to be um, completely followed. No, the sunshine law means that everything that um, our, our government does has to be in the sunshine, in oh, the open, yeah. <laughs> in the open. So, and yet there's all these backroom deals that are going on. And I mean, the implementation of Senate Bill 8A, uh, which implemented Amendment 2, uh, you know, we, we saw all the back deals that went on in that. I mean, suddenly the citrus processing industry is involved in, in getting two licenses, two of the very minimal number of licenses that are coveted. Suddenly two of them are going how does the citrus industry even get involved in this? That didn't just appear out of nowhere. That was some kind of a backroom deal that was made. Yeah, it's not like all of a sudden one day they're like, oh, great idea, let's put it in. I mean, those deals get worked on for a while behind the scenes. Of course. So, the, I mean, to me, that's an indication of a clear violation of the Sunshine Law. Oh, absolutely. And we saw it happen all through the process, like you said, all over the place. And almost every committee stop, there was some new shenanigan going on the whole way through the House and the Senate. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost so much that if you're really wanting to be involved in the process, it's so damn confusing that you get distracted because, you know, there's like, well, what's going on over here? It's almost as if they pull sleight of hand. Well, that's that's the way our entire government is running these days they're you know distracting us with with other stuff so we're not paying attention to the important stuff i have news for them people like you and me we're paying attention and we're going to hold them to the fire and i I think we're winning the battle or the war you know it's just a lot of long hard-fought battles especially dealing with cannabis because of all the interest and all the disruption that this means for the way business is done normally i mean even with banking Absolutely. This is going to be the biggest disruptor to the way society runs for, I mean, a long time. And it's just now getting started. So you you asked me, I want to go back to something you asked me earlier about how this protects businesses. Um, If the department, whatever department, and I'm not sure exactly uh, what department will be overseeing this whole thing because it's no longer wouldn't be the Department of Health for regulated adult use. But if the department does not adopt those regulations in the time allowed, then an applicant can actually submit an application directly to a county or city or other municipality. So if the state drags its feet 
on allowing um, retail cannabis or marijuana businesses, whatever you want to call it, um, then you don't have to wait for the state if it's gone beyond the date certain that's included in the amendment. Mm, that That's pretty important. I mean, that's big. It is. It is. Yeah, that's a lot different than um, just auto-implementing of the rules, which is, I think, how A2 was supposed to go if they didn't meet their dates. Right, um, right. You know, because it still left the power in the hands of the state to come in at any time and change things. Mm-hmm. And as far as the um, county or municipality being able to prohibit the licensing um, by a vote of the electorate, uh, and by the way, it's a vote of the electorate in a general election during an even-numbered year, which makes it even more difficult for them to prohibit. Um, there is still a grandfather clause. So if you are, if you have a retail store, if you if you're given a license uh, because your city or county has not had the opportunity to vote um, and ban you, if you do get a license and then they vote to ban you, you are grandfathered in. So there's, you know, there's like minimal risk yeah, in opening a business. Yeah, that's that's really important. Yeah, that's why I said this is very business friendly, definitely. And But it's not restrictive and it's not limiting to one business. You know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, we're opening the door to monopolies, but we're not. That's absolutely not what's happening here. It's actually uh, the opposite of that. I mean, it sounds like um, little small mom and pop places could open up, um, you know, little yeah, there, boutiques, no- all kinds of different businesses that can be done in this industry. Right. The vertical system would not apply to this. So if you wanted just to grow, you could get a license just to grow. If you want just to process you could get a license just to process. And if you want to have a retail store, you could just have a retail store. So this allows, you don't need to be a 30-year nursery man growing 400,000 plants or more with a $5 million surety bond. You have to be someone who has the means to open, to apply for a license and open your business in whatever area of this you want. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I have lots of ideas for little things that I might want to do. Um, and I hear about it from people all the time, especially the younger generation. They seem real motivated. Um, but to get back to the petition, uh, recently, Kim Rivers, CEO of TrueLeave, their team decided to uh, get behind the petition and allow them to be placed at their stores and also be drop-off points. Um can you explain a little bit about that and, you know, why it's important to see the MMTCs uh, back the next stage in this natural evolution? I mean, it's happening. All- yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's wonderful that Trulieve has decided to support us and carry our petition. We think it's great. Um, we're not uh, endorsing Trulieve necessarily. We would love to see all of the other MMTCs get on board and carry our petition. We think it would be to their benefit. Let's face it, right now the market that they're growing for is very limited. What There's maybe, what, 62,000 patients right now in the registry. 
that's that's kind of a limited market, especially considering the number or the theoretical number of licenses and the fact that each uh, grower can have 25 dispensaries. There's not enough patience to support that number of dispensaries. But if this market were opened up to all adults who wanted to be cannabis consumers, they would their business would explode. I mean, they'd be growing for millions of people instead of tens of thousands of people. So it would be to their benefit, all of their benefit, to support what we're doing. Regulate Florida has the answer to their books being in the red. You know, they're, they're, they will have, as I said, millions of consumers rather than just tens of thousands of consumers. And it'll open the market for individuals who, for instance, want to create a line of edibles or, um, you know, all, all kinds of innovative products, lotions, soaps, things that people would use because of the benefits that they would obtain from the marijuana plant. Oh, yeah. You mentioned soaps. Like the bath bombs are really popular, like the Epsom salts infused with cannabis. Well, I I don't know personally about those. The only bath salts I've heard of are the synthetic ones, and those, to me, no, are very no. da- very dangerous. No, no. That's no. methylone. Do not do that, yeah, yeah. kids. No, do no. Not absolutely. Yeah. Horrible do not stuff. Try, do not try that at home. No, no. Just like... um. Like Epsom salts that are just infused with um, CBD oh, and stuff. Okay. Yeah, they're super. That, they're really relaxing. Yeah, I have to say that I'm insulted when I ever, whenever I see uh, them calling those bath salts synthetic marijuana. They're not synthetic marijuana. They're grass clippings with chemicals. Yeah, it's, so, it's horrible stuff. Yeah, that that needs to be stopped. It should not be in any way related to the marijuana plant it isn't and it should not be equated in any way to it no it, it, that stuff's really bad i mean i wrote a i did a post on it um not too long ago because it's sold basically as fake pot and i mean it turns people into like zombies sometimes well uh, all i know is it's not marijuana it's not good for you it's just chemicals and it's it's something to steer clear of but again the association that law enforcement in particular makes with marijuana regarding that is just to me very insulting and that's an unintended consequence that product even arising is because of prohibition sure of course absolutely so i love i love that prohibition has never worked i love that that expression but i go one step further and when i speak in front of audiences i always say prohibition has never worked not since the garden of eden yeah it's never going to work. But that was our first example of prohibition failure. The Garden of Eden, day one or day seven or whatever it was. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. 
These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. So, this brings me to a, a point that I, I like to talk about all the time and encourage everyone, and that's um, what people can do to help. Um, how to help push this forward and make sure we get, you know, A, the petition that we want, and, and B, our, you know, our rights and responsibilities kind of defined by we the people and not the legislature. So Regulate Florida and Normal of Florida both have a link on our websites to the petition. If you um, have a printer, you can print the petition. You, uh, It's four sides of of sheets of paper, and the reason it is, we modeled our uh, petition, our amendment, uh, after Amendment 64 in Colorado, which is, as you all know, is very hugely successful. We took the best of Colorado 64, and we added to it so that it does protect consumers, it does protect businesses, it um, allows for the sale and transfer and, you know, home growing and, and all of that of marijuana. It also allows if a business establishment, and this is something that Colorado didn't do the first time around that they had to come back and readdress, was this, our amendment allows for a business, say it's a, a bar that's, you know, an alcohol or a liquor bar, and they allow smoking in their bar, if the owner of the establishment wants to allow marijuana smoking, they can. So right now in Colorado, if you're a tourist, you can't smoke in your hotel room. You can't smoke out on the street. There's, you know, it's very, very hard to find a place where you can consume. So there needs to be, um, right now I believe the way they've gotten around that in Colorado is they have buses. They're like tour buses. And, and they're cannabis tours, and you can smoke, smoke on the buses. So, you know, unless you know someone who has a house, you know, a, friend, a friend's house, or you find a private um, kind of a club where you can smoke, you know, it's difficult for a tourist. But we have addressed that in our petition. So um, back to how to get to it. So you can print it yourself. As I said, it's four sides of paper so you, if you can set your printer to two-sided printing you can do it on two sheets of paper make sure they're all stapled together yes you do need to print all four sides 
um, on the front of the petition, we need you to print your name clearly the way it appears on your voter registration card. Um, your name, your address, your city. It asks for your zip code. It does not ask for the state because this is a Florida petition. So it's assumed that you're in Florida. So it does, as I said, ask for your city, your zip code, and your county. A lot of people put USA where it says county. Um, when I'm checking, when someone signs a petition and hands it back, that's the first thing I look at. And probably 75% of the time it says USA. Um, and then below that, it says, please change my legal address to the one on my voter registration to this address. And that's if you've moved since you last registered to vote. If you check that box, then your voter registration will be updated. Below that is a place for your voter registration number. Most people don't carry their cards, so it, next to it says, or date of birth. So your name, your address, your date of birth go on the front. You flip over both pages, and you have to put the date that you signed it and then your signature. So it's not a lot of work. It's not hard work. You know all the answers. Um, we do have, as we mentioned, the True Leave dispensaries. If they don't already have our petitions, they will. So you can pick them up there. You can just go in and sign it there. You can get some from them, take them, and bring them back signed. Or you can mail them to the address on the back of the petition. There's a, It says Sensible Florida, and that's the name of our actual political committee, with a P.O. box and a Tamarack, Florida zip code. So you can mail them to uh, that address. And we will be very grateful. And we need... So people are confused about the deadlines. When we first started petitioning for um, Amendment 2 back in 2009, we had four years to collect the required number of petitions. Then uh, when Rick Scott came into office, he changed that to two years. So we only have two years to collect a million petitions. We don't need to hand in a million petitions, but we know that some will be duplicates, some will be incorrect, some people sign it even though they're not registered to vote, um, some people move and don't indicate that, so it's, it doesn't seem to be correct according to the voter records. So we need um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 780,000 actual verified petitions to be in the hands of the supervisors of elections, they need to have them counted and verified by February 1st of the election year. So, um, but before we can actually even move toward that almost million petitions that we need, we need to go before a review of the Supreme Court. The Florida Supreme Court has to review the language of the petition. They have to determine whether the 25-word ballot summary at the beginning of it is clear or if it's deceptive or confusing. So, And then they have to go through the petition and make sure that everything is, is um, formatted correctly to fit into the Constitution. Now, since this petition was approved... The original um, approval date is March of 2016. Since this uh, petition was approved, some laws have changed. 
So some of the numbering and lettering in our petition needs to be revised, but those are just um, administrative changes that need to be changed. They do not affect the scope or language of the petition. Those administrative changes will be completely acceptable. And the reason they happened is because the Constitution is a living document. It's always being changed. And um, the numbering and the lettering just changes. And there's, again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's an administrative change that will be addressed when the time comes. So when we reach um, somewhere, again, in the neighborhood of 80,000 petitions, then we can submit this to the Florida Supreme Court. It, it actually does trigger a review automatically, and it also triggers a, a financial feasibility report to uh, try to determine how much it's going to cost the state of Florida. Um, of course, we know that in this case it's going to generate, you know, Lots and lots of money. It's a not going to end time. up co- <laughs> not going to cost the state a dime. So um, you know, uh, Nevada and Colorado and the other legal states are just. Colorado has brought in so much money in taxes. They actually have an amendment to their constitution that requires them to pay back the citizens if their taxes, if the taxes that come in, are greater than the tax money that goes out. So, of course, that's not the case in Florida, but um, the, the amount of money being generated is astronomical. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, it's staggering. Um, I think I saw a report that Colorado, since they went recreational, they um, their tourism went up a few hundred percent year over year as far as the number of people coming in. Um, and I think it went from like 20 million somewhere to like close to 100 million. We already get about 100, a little over 100 million tourists a year. So you're talking about half a billion a year they're going to be coming here. It'll help definitely increase our tourism and help the tourism industry tremendously. Um, and, and just our own citizens, the tax money that's paid um, will generate, you know, that that money will will be wonderful for social programs, for helping the schools and the roads and and things like that. You know, it's it's money that can be put to good use, which right now is not being collected at all, because we don't have a legal system here. If we had a legal system, that money would be coming in to benefit us. I mean, it's not like prohibition is stopping. The marijuana industry in Florida. No. So someone is making lots and lots of money on it. And I'm, you know, I think that the state should be making lots and lots of money on it to benefit the citizens. Yeah, instead they spend um, a lot of money to keep it illegal is what's been going sure, on. Sure, they, they do. And, and they're passing on the uh, opportunity. They're, they're not using the opportunity to actually be making money. So that that's a real issue that needs to be addressed. Prohibition doesn't work. It ends up costing money, and it's ineffectual. Yeah, it destroys families. It ripple down, ripples down through the generations. Um, entire wars with countries, foreign countries have been fought over it. We're always fighting in some country, you know, South America, trying to eradicate something. It's just, it needs to stop. 
And in our own country, alcohol prohibition was almost almost like a civil war. It was, you know, the 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 or, organized crime against honest, law-abiding citizens, people dying in the streets because of gang wars and things like that. You know, drug wars are are pretty close. Yeah, it's a war on civilization is what I always like to say because like you alluded to earlier, prohibition hasn't stopped the end the cannabis industry. It just made it illegal. Um, the demand is always there. So you're really fighting just like what humans are doing naturally. They're seeking substances, what even if it's not cannabis, to to feel better. That's what that's what people do it for. You know, I'm I'm 70 years old and I'm at the age where I think it's okay for me to decide how I want to spend my downtime. Uh, if I come home from a long day and my feet hurt or my back hurts and I want to relax, I don't drink alcohol. I don't like it. Um, very, very, very rarely will I drink it socially. Wine gives me a headache. I'm not a beer drinker. Um, there's not a lot of mixed drinks that I really like. If I want to be able to just relax with some marijuana, I should be able to. I'm not impacting anyone. I'm not hurting anyone. Um, people will say, oh, well, you're supporting an illegal activity. Yes, I am. But if it were legal, then I wouldn't be supporting an illegal activity. So, you know, it's a, it, it's a victimless crime. It's... It's something that needs to be changed. It needs to be fixed. The majority of people in this country want it. The majority of people in Florida want it. The special interests are the ones working against it. And there's no logic to that. There's only greed. That's it. And there's room for everyone. Just Absolutely. To free the plant. Um, well, I think I've tied up enough of your time. I just looked and saw we've been going for like 50 minutes. So, Well, thank you very much for You're this welcome. opportunity. Um, again, we know that um, you can print the petition. You can get it from at least now. True Leave has them. They will have them. Um, hopefully the other dispensaries will have them. But if neither of those options works for you, then you can... Um, Email me at karen at regulateflorida.com. Send me your name, your address, your physical mailing address, and I will be happy to send you petitions. Can you let everybody know what the website for Normal of Florida is? Uh, Normal of Florida's website is normal, and there's no A in that, so it's N-O-R-M-L-F-L.org normalfl.org and uh, regulate florida is regulateflorida.com excellent and um i will have a link in the petitions to uh download from regulate florida in the description so if you're looking where to download it you can check the description in the podcast and um i really appreciate you coming on karen is a a great talk and i think we got a lot of good information that we'll be able to get out well i hope so and yeah if anyone has any questions don't hesitate again you can email me at karen at regulate florida or normal florida at gmail.com florida spelled out um 
it's a it's a pretty straightforward petition. It has lots of good information in it. I suggest you read it. If you have any questions about it, just ask. We'll be happy to answer you. Um, and let's get this done. You know, together we can do this, and we we need to stand up for our own rights and take back our country. We need to do this. Absolutely, and it starts at the state and local levels, and it spreads from there. So get involved. Totally. Download the petition. Print off a few copies. Get your friends to do it. Like she said, you can mail it into the address on the back. If you can't get anywhere, can't mail it, reach out to her. You can reach out to me at robert at floridamarijuana.net, and we'll be more than happy to help you. Thanks a lot, Robert. Thank you. You're welcome. I look forward to seeing you hopefully next week in Miami. Absolutely. Sweet. You take care. All right. You too, Karen. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Marijuana Solution. A well marijuana solution. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.